1: You actually don't. You can say a lot of things about Carlos King. One thing you can't say is that he misses, okay? That man does not miss. Super producer extraordinaire. Now, I know what you're probably thinking. Now, why am I in it? Now, see how I get thrown and stuff? I ain't even did nothing. I know Carlos King. Don't worry. It's for a reason. I got to talk about his new show, but I also got to talk about the things that we're used to around here, are Bravo favorites, okay? It's a brand new episode of Me and You, The Housewives and Marvel 2. Let's do it! Hey guys, this is the self-proclaimed season ticket holder of pop culture and your mama's favorite black geek. I'm Kendrick, host of the Me and You, The Housewives and Marvel 2 podcast. A podcast that, through my own random and winding rants, discusses everything related to pop culture. Everything from reality TV, to the MCU, to the DCEU, to all of the hot topics being discussed on CNN, NBC, BET, ABC, and 123. Grab your wine glass, sit back, and get ready to cuss and fuss right along with me. Hey guys, oh my god, you know what? Another great week of reality TV. My, you know what? I'm you're here with me, you're listening to this. This is the weekly unscripted quote unquote episode. And man, let me tell you something I am a Carlos King fan, that man gets me so excited about reality TV, and I'm gonna tell you why. In just a moment. Y'all remember how I had you watching The Bell Collective just a few months ago. He has another show. Everything I needed To Be. It is the concept you're going to buy into. It's everything, okay? And the cast members are messy, quote-unquote, boots, honey. Now, I said quote-unquote boots because, child, some of them need to be wearing uh kitten heels or flip-flops or sound that boots might be a little strong but we we'll talk about that in a little bit before i go to that though the bachelorette is back now i know my audience consists of a lot of bachelor nation people i'm one of you now hey guys i'm here i watch i just want to say that i'm not gonna okay you know the first episode is kind of hard to recap because it's mostly just us being you know they throw what thirty five penises at us, and then tell us to memorize them, and then we pick which penis belongs to Katie I you know it's pretty- that's pretty much the concept we have Katie as our bachelorette Katie, I was a fan of you know, I used to go up for Katie. Katie didn't take shit from them other contestants. Katie came in with her uh vibrator, ready to win Matt Hart. I know she's so happy she didn't win that season and wind up with bland ass Matt James. Child, you need to be trying to uh, mess around with... What's the boy named Tyler Cameron before you try to mess around with Matt James, child. Anyway, I'm going to let you live, Matt. I've slandered you enough on this podcast for a couple of lifetimes. I guess I'll see you next lifetime. Where I'm going to slander your ass again. You know what, guys? I really liked this premiere episode. It really did what I needed it to do. I have a couple of uh, front runners. But I don't remember their damn names, okay? <laughs> All I can tell you is I like the black guy that was faking that Bridgerton accent. Okay, I was I was here for it. I liked him. Uh, Cat suit Man. I'm interested, okay? You know, we go up for Catwoman Halle Berry on this podcast. Shout out to Kaya from the Bravo Wild Black Podcast. You know, that's her favorite damn movie. You know, we are, so we go up for Catman. Um, dude in a box. I don't know what you were given. I don't know what your point was. You, you seem like one of those people that was just here to be here. Now, why was, why was you here? You know, Jocelyn Hernandez, how wise you here? I didn't understand it, but you was cut like the gods cut you out of rocks. So we gonna let you be here. Okay. (laughs) You know, I liked a couple of the guys. I even like the guy that she gave the first impression rose to, you know, shy people, I tend to be attracted to probably because I'm the polar opposite of that. No, I I don't know if I've ever heard anybody call me shy. I don't know. I got a friend named shy, but I don't. I, they never called me shy. Like we don't look alike, so they've never called me that. But you know, I I get it. I I get the appeal. I get what she's drawn to. I like it. But let me not go up for him too damn fast i'm gonna play y'all a message for my girl amanda from the it's all happening podcast and she you know she has her favorites too she's glad the bachelorette is back but she has to tell us a little bit of tea on our our guy that got their first impression rose okay let me throw it over to amanda
0: hi there it's amanda page from it's all happening with amanda and i am so excited to be here on the housewives and marvel 2 podcast to talk about this past week's bachelorette now, I'm not a huge Katie fan. However, I was super impressed with her premiere episode, and I'm really looking forward to this season. I thought she did a great job, and I'm really not missing Chris Harrison at all. I thought Tasia and Caitlin, although they seemed a little bit nervous, I thought they did a good job, and I think it just makes sense for a female bachelorette to have female advice and especially people who have been through the process before so i feel like this is definitely a step in the right direction for the bachelorette i'm also really into the guys this season i think they're all pretty attractive my favorites so far are brendan the hockey player from canada who's also a firefighter i'm also very into thomas so i think either one of those are my top choices And I've heard a little bit of a rumor that the guy who got the first impression, Rose, might not be such a nice guy after all, allegedly. So we're going to keep our eyes out on him. I think his name is Greg.
1: Okay, Amanda, you better come through with the T, the T-E-E-E, okay? I feel, you know, we like tea around here. I believe it. I don't even know why, but I believe it. I don't know what the rumors are based on, but I believe it. Now, is it true? I don't know. I believe it. Is it false? I don't know. I believe it. I'm just, you know, whenever somebody tells me a rumor about a bachelor contestant, a bachelorette contestant, or one of the bachelors or bachelorettes, or Chris Harrison, I believe it, I believe it all, now don't slander Tasia, okay, no Tasia slander will be uh, tolerated, unless you're talking about her lack of choosing black man, ever, so, (laughs) let me stop, we love you Tasia, you should have picked Ben quite as a kept, but I like the man that you with, what's his name, Zach, we like Zach, anyway, I 100% agree about Tasia and Caitlyn being the host. It felt so authentic. I loved everything about it. It makes so much more sense to have people that have gone through this process actually hosting it. Because, like, I feel like Katie having to go to, like, Chris Harrison for advice seems a little weird, possibly counterproductive. I don't know. But it seems natural to have her having Tasia and Caitlin as, like, guidelines throughout this process. I like that. It makes sense to me. Plus, both of them are super likable. I think they'll probably, you know, they they came off natural to me, but I think they'll probably get way more into it as they start shooting. I hope they actually get the job as, you know, going forward to both just like, you know, tag team this thing. I would love that. That's dope. I don't chat. I don't know who hosting Bachelor or Bachelor in Paradise. They say everybody from uh, uh, Weird Al An- Yankovich to Magneto to Storm from the X Men. They say everybody hosting Bachelor in Paradise. So, I mean, I guess we'll find that out when it comes up. But child, I'll be. I'll start my bachelorette coverage next week. I've been a little hesitant because, you know, I've gotten this down to. You know, let's talk about our three favorites of the week format. We might continue to still do that. Maybe I'll just touch on two of them lightly and then give you my three favorites as we go along. But we'll figure it out. You know, I want to keep this, these episodes to a certain, you know, around a certain length. I don't want to have you listening for 88 hours a day. So, you know, it ain't even that damn hours in a day unless you Portia Williams. She might think it is. I don't know. But listen, The Bachelorette. I'm here for it. I'll be watching week to week, of course. But let me move on to the show that just gagged me. And I'm talking about put both hands around my neck and just shook my ass this week. And that is BET Presents The Encore. So let me just tell you a little bit about this show. It, of course, is produced, created by Carlos King. It's a show on BET where they've like pulled from historic girl groups of the past and they're putting them together to make like one big super group with nine people in the chat. I, I wish the hell I would. Now, they, they oh, the thought of that, the thought of living in a house with eight other people, eight other divas trying to make it, oh, hell no. That's like some making the band shit. I could never, but... The premise is everything. And Carlos King, your execution, everything. Let me tell you who all is in this house. Child, Lord. They got Shamari from Black, y'all know Black, y'all know Shamari from Real Housewives of Atlanta. Y'all know Shamari from Oh baby, bring it on to me. Y'all know Shamari from uh Bring it on. Y'all know Shamari from as if I'm never going to take you back as if. Y'all know Shamari from and I do give you the love that you want. Y'all know y'all know Shamari, okay? Now <clears throat> some of these other names on this list, bear with me, okay? I'm going to try to I'm going to try to walk you through them, okay? The next two, Irish and LaMisha <laughs> from 702. Now, I know some of y'all might not know what 702 is, but listen, I used to give back in the day, okay? Stilo and and Outlook, 702 used to do it. The problem is 702 used to do it because Mila was the lead singer. We'll touch on that in a minute. We've got Nivea. Now I love. I I used to love me some Nivea. Okay, Laundry mat, don't mess with my man. Uh, complicated. Nivea used to give. Okay, Nivea was never in a girl group. She was always a solo act. So how she got here, I never know. Child, y'all should uh dug up Fantasia and had her come in here too. Child, let me not slander Fantasia. Fantasia, she'll be you know she she'll make an album when she wants to. Now you got Pam <laughs> from Total. <laughs> Pam, we child. We got Aubrey O'Day, who we don't recognize, from D. Kane. Now I know you know the name. You know the group name. You definitely don't recognize her though. That's the Aubrey, I don't know how many what all she's gotten done in her face, but Aubrey is unrecognizable. And it's so sad. She used oh Aubrey, I'm not go let me not do you right now. We got Keely Williams from three LW. Now Chad, y'all went and found, <laughs> y'all went and found the literally the the one member of the group we we didn't need to do nothing with. But Chad, y'all, as a matter of fact, y'all could have gave us that other girl from Cheetah Girls when Raven You remember it was Raven, uh, uh, uh Adrian Bailon. It was Keely Williams, and then their other girl. I don't remember her name, but their other girl. Y'all could have gave us her instead of Keely Williams. But Keely, I'm gonna let you live. I ain't gonna do too much. And then to round out the mix, we got Felicia and Fallon from Cherish. <laughs> ah, let me tell you something. Apparently they've been doing it lately like they are, you know, they call themselves millionaires now because they've been I guess they've been writing for people like Chris Brown and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, kudos to y'all. I never tear that down. One thing about them though, they got some funky ass attitudes. Funky attitudes, but their shade, baby, I live for the shit. I live for it. They had me laughing from start to finish. I was not supposed to laugh, but them them two rude ass sisters had me crying, okay? They was shading everybody in that house. They didn't know, first of all, that they were gonna be about 20 years younger than everybody else in that house. Now that was now Carlos, you you did kind of set them up. I ain't gonna lie. You you did set them up a little bit, but that's okay. Hell, all y'all need a chance. <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't, you know, I'm... Mm, mm. But let me kind of give y'all my thoughts on them to entice y'all to start watching week to week. I want you if, you, if you're listening to this and you haven't heard the first, you haven't watched the first episode, I want you to go back on demand, online, whatever, and I want you to watch it because it's everything. Let me give y'all my notes and then we go go ahead and move on to our Bravo shows, okay? We got three to talk about. Family Karma, we got Real Housewives of New York and Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. My notes, Irish and Lamisha from 702 cannot sing. And I don't mean that categorically. I don't mean that we're not gonna argue about it. I'm telling you for a motherfucking fact. This is not an opinion. Irish and Lamisha cannot sing, okay? And that is just that on that. Don't argue with me, argue with your mammy, okay? They definitely need Mila. They need her ASAP, ASAP. If they can get her in the group. Matter of fact, if y'all can get Mila, just send them to home. I think they sisters anyway, so they probably still living together. I don't know. Just send them home, because who is whoo, it's a lot? Ch- the Cherish twins, I told y'all they messy as hell, but I'm living for it, so I need them to keep being messy. Keely, let me tell you something. Who are you supposed to be mentoring Cause she's coming in there talking about you know I'm I don't want to be in the group I'm gonna be more so you know creative directing you know that's been my my passion since 3LW girl unless you're trying to mentor me on how to throw a bucket of chicken at a bitch I don't need you to creatively direct me to do shit Keel, you got me messed up Shamari can still sing thank God and she looks amazing Shamari is the whole package so whatever try kind to of, whatever kind of group they're trying to make. Put her in the forefront. Make her in the center. Some, Shamari is your lead singer. She's everything you need her to be right now, okay? Pam from Total. Girl. Uh, Pam is there, and God called her to be there, so that's that's good. So we go, going to let her stay there, okay? Even after, even after y'all gone, Pam, you just stay there, okay? Nivea. Yes, God, Nivea. Listen. Y'all know how they call. <laughs> this is so ghetto. Y'all know how they call uh, Suki Anna the rapper. They call her Suki with the good. Boop, boop. Y'all know what I'm talking about. They need to call. They need to get Nivea that nickname. Okay. Listen, we've been trying to get Kimora Lee Simmons all these years to teach a course on how to bag a rich man. Y'all need to get Nivea to teach you. Nivea had her first baby with Lil Wayne. Had twins with the with the Dream. And then went back to Wayne. He proposed again and had another child. I know that's right, Nivea. Nivea said, y'all got me fucked up. I, if, if nothing else, I'm going to have these 30 years of child support. Y'all got me. <laughs> I know that's right, Nivea. Hell, I'll be uh, getting this shit too, okay? Uh, anyway, I'm. let me try. Y'all say i be gold digging on here. Let me not gold dig no more on here. Free Nivea. Okay. Aubrey O'Day. Oh, Lord. That's, she's the reason why I'm seriously... I'd laugh and joke about like plastic surgery all the time. Now, body, I'll mess with body. Okay, i fuck around and come to Con looking like uh, uh, Tay Diggs or somebody. Don't play with me, but I would never ever ever touch my face. And Aubrey O'Day is one of the reasons why I cannot recognize Aubrey O'Day anymore. And I, it's just one of those things, it's she was one of the most like beautiful beautiful people, and I don't know what she's constantly doing or what kind of plastic surgery she's relying on so much, but my God, you don't need it. It just goes to show you, like, you can get all the plastic surgery in the world to fix the exterior that you think you need to fix, but if that interior is not right, you just go keep going and going and going, and you'll never know when to stop. Whew, Aubrey O'Day, boy, oh, boy. I feel like I missed somebody, but if I missed them, they probably weren't relevant in the first damn place. Y'all, check out this show, please. They say Aubrey O'Day at some point is gonna leave because she she didn't want the I don't know she she thought they were trying to call her divisive and all this kind of stuff. I don't know, but we go check it out anyway. Y'all want y'all to watch this week to week. I want to add it into the mix because out of all the shows I watched this week, as far as reality TV it was hands down my favorite one boy oh boy they were i i went up did you did you hear that popped it up i went up okay i want y'all to check that out let's go ahead and get into let's start off with family karma everyone is recapping brian benny hey brian brian benny's party Child, they was nucking and bucking down in Miami. Okay, <laughs> we find out a little more about Brian and uh, New Monica. New Monica, yeah. See, I'll see what I did there. Come on, Missy Elliott. Quiet as kept. They need to have Missy Elliott on the encore so she can help get Irish and Lamisha together. Cause I think Missy used to be with Seven O Two back in the day. She need matter of fact. Let me hold on. Let me make a note to reach out to Missy Elliott to get uh some vocal lessons for Irish and Lamisha. Cause Anyway, this is Brian's (laughs) longest relationship, and it's long distance. She's just there for, like, right now. See, let me go off of Brian Benny, my login information for my family and friends program. Y'all know I work in hospitality, and that man follows me on Instagram. (laughs) Also, the story about Brian's dad that he told about cutting off his finger while chopping coconut. You know what? <laughs> I kind of lived for this moment. In Guyana, 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 where, child, somewhere, where he grew up, if they could sell coconut on their own, like, by the age of eight, I think it was, then they were considered the a man. Child, that man chopped his whole damn top of the finger off, and uh, Daffy Damn Duck came and took the shit. Ain't that some shit? He better be glad uh, Elmer Fudd was there <laughs> or whoever was there so that he can get his finger back. Actually, I don't think he got the finger back. When he held them up, one of them was considerably shorter than the other one. So, you know what, Brian, if you're listening to this or Dylan, somebody, I need clarification. Did that man get his finger back or what? If if I need to, you know I, you know, I got goons, okay? If I need to put the goons out in Miami to go find that duck to get your finger back, I got you. Now, I know that was about 40 years ago, but... It don't matter. We'll we'll figure it out, okay, child. Probably 50. Ooh, we that That duck if that duck's still alive, we need to put his ass in a museum or something. Vishal's work life is going much better, thankfully. You know why? Because he goes to therapy. Now, he might not necessarily be like the best spokesperson for therapy. <laughs> but go to therapy, people, okay? It helps. The Shaw has been avoiding telling his mom about what happened at Brian Benny's party. Why do I keep calling his whole name? He's just like, uh, there's somebody else I always call their whole name. I don't know who, but y'all yeah, get my drift. Certain people, you just got to call their whole name. I don't even know why, but you, you know, you just got to, it just flows off the tongue. You know, some people just got to, you got to say the whole thing. I'm trying to think who, but now I can't think so. Nobody, hell, it don't matter. Listen. Vishal, he's been avoiding telling everyone, especially his mom, about what happened at Brian's party and being confronted by Sean and what Dylan has been saying. You know, the rumors, quote unquote, that he's been spreading. What he did say was that Risha gave that ring back. Oh, boy. Child, this leads us to. Lopa being back in Miami Lopa y'all know is Risha's mom and Lopa one thing she do she don't play okay she is not the one nor the two all right she showed up ready for that confessional she walked in like okay now when we starting this come on hoes let's get it together because I got some things to say I know that's right Lopa I love me some Anisha and Chitra Chitra finally knows what a WAP is, okay? And she wanted, I, listen, I know that's right, Chitra. You better know what a WAP is. Don't now Don't be out here uh, saying it all willy-nilly, but and you better than Ramona already. Ramona's talking about a WP. Girl, you know what a WAP is. Shut up. Anisha is doing her treatments because she's going to get her eggs frozen. I know that's right. We also check in with the Patel family, and whoo, we see more of that compound. That's all, like, the compound that they live in. They even have, like, real life-size statues of them. Well, everybody but Dylan. But, see, the mama has a statue, and she was pregnant. So, technically, technically, he does have a a statue. He just, you know, he just sharing it, okay? Dylan's relationship with his mom is everything. I love it. She tries to set him up with guys and all kinds of stuff. Child, she tried to set him up with one of his cousins one time. I know that's right. Look. It was a fifth cousin, so you know she she ain't had no problem. She like, look, y'all ain't producing. What what the hell wrong? She's like I'm mean, she like my mama. I ain't gonna lie. She like, look, you better take whatever you can get, okay? Whatever likes you, likes you, okay? Like whatever likes you, okay? Y'all better live by the words. See if you out here still single and you can't get nobody, live by the words of my mama. Like what likes you, okay? As long as uh then listen. They say as long as he ain't hitting on you and as long as he ain't, uh, you know, abusing you in no other kind of way and he'll bring a little check to the house. Did he let you spin it up? Y'all get that, man. OK, go on after him. Oh, look at me being uh, toxic. Let me stop. <laughs> after this section, we actually see Sean recapping Vashaw's Vassal's reaction at Brian's party. child. Y'all about to (laughs) have all the damn parents arguing. This is a mess. Y'all know Reshma ain't for the bullshit, okay? And we see that Reshma ain't for the bullshit later on in this episode. So y'all better leave Reshma and the parents out of this shit. Child, Speaking of Reshma, Lopa is with the shits, okay? (laughs) Lopa is putting it all out there and says that Reshma has never invited her over when she's in town and how she kind of, you know, puts Reshma on a pedestal. I guess, you know, they have a history of beef, you know, that's Vishal's mom and Risha's mom. But the community has been trying to, like, push them together, like, towards each other for years. Just, it don't seem to be working, okay? But Kalpna, I forgot whose mom is Kalpna. That's, uh, That's the Patel mom, I think. Invites everybody over, including Lopa, you know, for just a little a little kiki amongst the girls, amongst the parents. Well, it's supposed to be amongst the, you know, the moms of the main cast members. But, you know, Bali, she kind of the go-between. She can go between being an auntie and a, a niece all together. And, and that's why we go up for Bali, okay? I loved watching the lunch between Anisha and Risha. They talked about Vishal's behavior that Anisha thinks, you know, is weird since she's known him so well for so long. Obviously, Risha knows him pretty well, too. So if anyone would understand her concern, it's her. But I love this scene because Risha was working overtime, I mean overtime, to hook Anisha up with the waiter. Listen, the waiter had big arms and a nice, quote-unquote, figure, as she said. <laughs> and nice eyes. Now, she she couldn't see nothing else because he had that damn mask on. But he had nice eyes, so I guess... uh a knock nose and butter mouth that don't none of that matter. Just as long as you got the nice ass that'll work for the kids. Okay. If she don't want them, I know plenty of motherfuckers in Miami that'll take them. Okay. We also find out that Risha sees her and Vashal possibly working out, but still doesn't quite know yet. But remember last year she was like, uh, uh-uh. uh, but now she's like, eh, maybe <laughs> that's progress, okay? That's what you call progress. So we'll we'll take it, okay? The day of the Patel family Kiki, featuring all the moms on the show and Bali, is here. I know. Look, I know Bali's a mom, <laughs> but she actively is like fighting against the stereotype of being an auntie. So she's a niece in my eyes. So we just gonna call her uh, a niece. No. Need tea I don't know. We could call a bali here. They there to do. Listen, the parents are ready to go at it. Okay. They are recapping that there was a fight at Brian's party, and Kalpna says that Sean even had to step in because Vishal was on one. And she couldn't understand why somebody would want to threaten violence in that kind of way, especially against her child. And she also says that, you know, many people have made those exact same comments, so why are you lashing out only at Dylan? Ooh, listen, that's that's what you call a read, okay? You better throw that shade. The other moms are saying something, you know, has to be going on for him to have this kind of build up. Reshma, this entire time, is trying to hold her tongue. Like when Martin said, hold your tongue, hold your tongue. (laughs) Listen, if y'all don't watch Martin, I don't know what to tell you. Reshma's trying to hold her tongue. She's drinking her tea, minding her business. But finally, Reshma is like, no, let me speak. I've kept quiet all this time, but now, because y'all cutting up. You can't say all this stuff about someone like they like to suck dick when they have a fiance and all this kind of stuff. Child, them folk was arguing the whole damn time, and Bali came back from the bathroom and missed every damn thing while she's trying to get the tea. Reshma leaves and is trying to get unmiked. The producer says, You don't want to tell them you're leaving. She said, And don't Bali followed Reshma outside, but Reshma does not want to hear anything she's talking about, and she doesn't even want to even talk to her ass. Okay, Bali's like, Wait. Are we good? Like did I do something or are we beefing that too? Like what is happening? Resma won't even make eye contact with her. And now Bali is like, okay, y'all unmike me too, because that's gotta be why she won't talk to me, child. Them producers act like Bali ass wasn't even there. They were just staring at her. She like, uh, y'all y'all not gonna mic me. They paid Bali's ass Dustington. Reshma got in that Uber and was gone by the time Reshma, um, Bali got that damn microphone off. You know what? (laughs) Family Karma. Once again, another enjoyable episode. I go up for y'all. Y'all are my favorite little cast on Bravo right now. You know, until, until my Potomac people come back, but y'all still gonna have a real close place in my heart. Okay. Let's go ahead and move on (sighs) to those raggedy ass Real Housewives of New York. before i even get into the episode let me go ahead and throw it over to my boy dmr you know one of my international listeners honey y'all better get into it y'all know i'm international okay be charting in jamaica okay y'all y'all won't let me be great in america but that's okay you know i chart overseas okay you know that i heard this that's Better, you know, more money, no sense. Okay. Uh, anyway, because <laughs> I ain't seen a damn dime. Anyway, let me throw it over to him because he had a very concise and very simple message about last week's Real Housewives of New York City episode. Hey Kendrick, this is Dioma, and I only have one thing I want to say about last week's episode of Ronnie. Fuck Luann. Yeah, that that that's just about it. Fuck. Luann. Child. Luann, you got everybody man, even out the country. <laughs> you going to have to work overtime for this. Well, you ain't putting no apologies online, so I don't. You work as hard as you're working, I guess. Ebony is leaving Luann's tired ass brunch. And we see Luann and Ramona in the kitchen still calling her angry and still saying she's a problem and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I I didn't know her too well before this, but now I've seen everything I need to know. And we also see, you know, Luann still misquoting Ebony and saying that she said she's the smartest person in the room. Ebony goes back to Leah, you know, they're at Ramona's house and fills her in about Luann calling her an angry black woman. I won't go into all, like, the recapping because we saw both, at this point, both sets of, you know, both groups are doing their own, like, little recapping about everything we just saw in the previous episode. They, whew, and we had some big reactions to that shit, too, okay? But what I want to talk about is Heather going in and saying what Ebony was essentially saying. And for some reason, these women are now able to hear it. I want to say that you know on social media, Ebony and Nina Parker. Y'all know Nina Parker. Chad, every time I think about Nina Parker, because y'all know this is my girl, I always think about how people used to treat her because of Jocelyn Hernandez, the cabaret queen. You know, ever since she read her about uh, having a, Chad, she read her about having a journalism degree. Now, how you gonna read somebody about education? I'll tell you. You know what? Let me move the fuck on. Ebony and Nina Parker did a wonderful live on Bravo TV's Instagram account. And Ebony said, you know, how she felt about Heather going back and basically whitesplaining to them her feelings. And, of course, got received way better than she ever was or ever will be received. Even during all this white whitesplaining at the table, Luann still looked shocked. And I mean Shocked! at the thought of having to apologize because that's exactly what Heather said she needed to do. Uh, You called her angry knowing that emotion would evoke, you know, some kind of reaction and then kicked her out of your home after laughing when Leah had all these angry out, out. (sighs) I just, I refuse. I'm not letting Ronnie get me worked up this week. Okay. Later that night, the remaining ladies make it to the house and Heather's, Delusional ass <laughs> comes in the room with Ebony and Leah trying to broker peace. She talks about Luann's ego and then goes on to talk about uh, her lens being different because she's been in the homes and in the core of black America girl e- <laughs> Ebony asked her for you know more information about this so that she could learn about Heather and according to Heather the core of black America resides at Puffy's house now I know Puffy got a big ass house you know what we would call a mansion Puffy got acres okay but Sean Combs Puff Daddy, Pete Diddy Justin Combs Daddy Al B. Sure's replacement is not the heart ...of black America, okay? <laughs> I'm sorry, but y'all know I'm ignorant. I couldn't do shit but laugh at this point. This lady said the homes of black America... ...where the money resides, where the money resides... ...was at P. Diddy's house. Listen, Puffy already got fifty eleven kids. He ain't got no more room in that damn house... ...for extra tenants, okay? Let alone the whole, the whole black experience, okay? Not the core of black America... Heather, if you don't put on some House of Darion jeans and get the hell up out of Ebony's face. <laughs> Heather talking about like navigating black culture and being a part of black culture and, you know, being in the core of black America. It's like this all white performance of Dream Girls that I was recently made aware of, okay? <laughs> Y'all know this is a Dream Girls podcast, okay? Low key. I need to just go ahead and do like a. A, a Dream Girls mini series. I don't know what it's going to be about, but I'm, I'm going to figure that out. I recently learned about this all white production of Dream Girls. And baby, they had somebody as Effie. Effie, we all got pain. They had somebody as Effie on that stage singing. And I am telling you. And when I tell y'all I have not been okay ever since, if please, if somebody, please, please, please remind me. On Instagram, the day this episode comes out, please remind me to post a clip of their production. I will gladly, in my story, that woman singing that song, when I tell you it, 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 baby, just remind me, because y'all, baby. (laughs) You know, sometimes the words just escape you. I don't know what to say, but I need all of y'all to experience this with me, okay? We get to the conversation with the group And Ebony breaks it all the way down. And I mean all the way down, 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 okay? Hang it down, flat screen, y'all know what I mean. She talks about the black woman's experience in this country and black women not being afforded the entire spectrum of emotions and having to constantly temper themselves so that they're not seen in a certain way, even if something, you know, truly, truly upsets them. So Luann calling her angry is triggering. Luann acknowledges her feelings and says it was a quote unquote miscommunication and then starts quickly excusing her behavior and then tells Ebony that she'll have to teach her this stuff. And then Ramona chimes in, all of us, you have to teach all of us this stuff. Yeah, ain't nobody about to teach you how to not constantly offend people. Ramona, first of all, we know that that has not worked in the past since you make a point to offend everybody in your path every year, every season, every episode. So Ebony coming along and now it's being about race too. our oh, now Ain't nobody about to sit and teach your ass how to not offend people. Ramona, go to hell. Okay, then Luann, she put on her her big audacity panties, okay? (laughs) You know, everybody got, you know, you got the audacity thong, you got the audacity, uh, uh, you know, low cut rising pant, you know, all of that. Luann put on her big audacity draws and said, I hope you'll extend an apology to me too. Uh, For why? (laughs) for, For why? I don't wonder. Listen, the Hamptons are ghetto, you can't t- y'all y'all ghetto in the Hamptons, cause they not doing this kind of shit in Harlem. I don't know what's going on. Ebony is like, you want me to apologize to you for making you upset? And Luann starts stumbling and fumbling and bumbling. And Sonia, our favorite New York ally, says, "But who needs to be apologizing here? You know what? I know that's right, Sonia. Sonia, don't want some damn sense in this damn situation." Heather tried to jump in and quote philosophers and shit. Girl, <laughs> you should have quoted, you, you would have been better off quoting the baddest bitch Trina and got the fuck on, okay? Representing for the bitches, all lies and riches, and I'm time for the little dick. You see, the bigger the dick, the bigger the bank, the bigger the bins, the better the chain. Okay, let me stop. <laughs> Ebony tells her that she can't apologize for that because Leah called all of y'all some hoes and y'all said, oh, wait, Come back to the table and, you know, be well and be merry. Talk to us. Let's work through it. And Ramona's like, well, yeah, her grandma's dying. And uh, Evan is like, "Uh, mine too, remember? Hello? See, y'all even forgot about everything she shared with y'all when you got to the Hamptons. Who child. It's the not recognizing her as a human for me, Okay. Ultimately, they hugged and decided to move forward as friends. We all know in real time that this is not necessarily the case. (laughs) But we can, we can move forward, I guess, okay? Before we move on, I want to acknowledge why I love Ebony so much. Not just because of that new confessional look that we got during this episode, because it was everything, okay? But because of her relationship with Sonorita, Her always stopping to hype her up and tell her how beautiful she is and, you know, from the inside out and how she's not just a one-time thrill like they try to call her. All of that is just, I live for it. Right after this, Heather goes into Ebony's room to get her purse and says, you're very articulate. I don't know if anyone has ever told you that before. Child. Every time we make progress on this damn show. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to share some with y'all. I had one of my followers on Instagram reach out to me because, you know, sometimes things are lost in translation. They were from, I think, from New Zealand, maybe? some Or Australia, I don't know, somewhere international. They said, why is it that You know, why is that an insult? I explained that it had implications for decades now. And when people like shockingly say to black people that, wow, you're so articulate, it implies that it wasn't assumed in the first place. It comes historically like with the connotation that we as a mostly white society don't expect we don't expect black people to be that way. And since it's always in that kind of like shocking manner, shocking might be a strong word, but you know, like kind of like it's like epiphany inducing almost. Then it's like, you know, you're slowly proving why you belong in these spaces that we both occupy. Like I, you know, it's, I appreciate my follower for asking me that, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying her name because I was too lazy to look up and ask for approval. So, (laughs) so I'm just sharing the story. Because, you know, they they could have said, you know, like, no, Ebony is overreacting, but they wanted to know because they don't have the typical American experience where they are. So something like that could come across as complimentary. And it's like, you know, you really have to know the history of our country and all these like different microaggressions. And, you know, the type of stuff that African-Americans have dealt with for a long time in this country, you got to kind of know in order to understand it. So, I can definitely understand why someone from outside of America would definitely not get why that's such a a microaggression in our society. One that needs to be called out, honestly. Ebony is trying to hook Sonya up through her friend Devin, who is like a matchmaker in Philly. Come on, Devin, help Sonya get over that damn husband that she had for 6 days. Okay, let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> so she can move on here lord knows she needs to she tells her on the beach that she's gonna you know hook her up and sonia reminds her that her daughter goes to school in philly so even if the man isn't like there in new york and he's in philly instead it's all gravy train she also finds out you know that they're throwing a party that night and that's like a it's like a pageant with talents and all, i don't Chad, Chad, i don't know what the hell it is which explains why the hell they arguing in all those ridiculous-ass costumes later on, though. <laughs> they have a fun day at the beach where Sonya gets to flirt with a man with a dad bod, which, ew, I'm just saying, okay? We all have our preferences, all right? Ew. I like to, you know, rub on a little some something, something too. I'm just saying, okay? <laughs> when they're finally doing... With, you know, they're they're finally doing whatever kind of fishing they're doing. I don't know what the hell it is. They all make their way over to their little, like, setup. I'm glad that Luann apologized once again to Ebony because she damn sure hasn't done so on social media. <laughs> but the climax of this, like, whole little encounter while they're sitting on the beach is when they start talking about the election. And Leah reveals that she hasn't decided if she's going to vote or not in this year's election. She said, you know, she says he's disgusted with how things are going, which I get. But, girl, shut up. And if, you know, she has to vote, it's obviously going to be for Biden because she wants life to go back to normal. And before Heather can open her mouth, because, like, literally she hasn't said a word, Leah is like, and don't come at me with, like, some self-righteous bullshit. And Heather's like, what the fuck? Like, I <laughs> I was going to ask if you decided whether or not you're going to vote yet. Listen, if you're listening to this podcast, vote. Always vote, okay? I can't make you vote, but it's a right that's been fought for in this country so damn long, and it's been taken from so many people that it's a privilege to have the right to vote, okay? Exercise it. Leah, you dirty dog. When they get back to the house, getting ready for everything, Leah receiving an upsetting call from her grandmother, it just... It seems like her grandma unfortunately doesn't have much time left. Leah, of course, is absolutely devastated. This is so hard for me always to watch because it always makes me think of the day my dad passed. Ah! It just, oh, so much. She pulls it together and gets the, the whatever kind of costume makeup done that she's having done. After finishing up, She goes to chit-chat with Ebony, and she finds out that her and Heather had a conversation where Heather and Ebony both said that, you know, she should vote. But Leah, of course, takes off to go attack Heather specifically. Okay, now I get it. Leah has it out for Heather for sure. See, like, I, I, I hate jumping the gun as a Housewives fan before we've actually seen stuff unfold. But that, like, she said she doesn't like Heather's attitude. You know, you have such a know-it-all attitude. You know, well, this isn't the first time we've heard this about Holly Heather, okay? <laughs> Let's be real. But Leah ignoring the fact that Ebony was like, uh, hello, I said it too. <laughs> Me, right here, I said it too. Shows that she really just wanted beef with Heather from Jump Street, from Inception, from Genesis. She wanted beef with her. So, I mean, it looks like you got it, baby. Leah runs to go confront Heather and calls her a Karen and white feminism one on one and ooh child. Heather thought she was talking about Sonia, but Ebony comes around the corner. She's like, okay, yeah, uh, m- my bad, homie, my bad, dog. I I take that one. That was my fault. I I started this shit. <laughs> Once Leah screams and leaves, Ebony explains why she told her, and Heather thought. Ebony was, like, twisting her words around. And Ebony's like, no, that's that's what you said, homie. <laughs> Leah goes to get into the limo. And Luann comes right behind her. She's like, did you remember your hula hoops? And Leah's like, oh, shit, can you go get them for me? And, you know, she jumps off the bus to go get them. And as she's exiting, Heather gets on the limo behind her. And Leah's like, oh, don't leave me in the limo with her. Heather's like, relax, bitch. And then Leah said... No, you relax, bitch, and threw her bouquet of flowers at her. Now, I know how particular people are. That definitely is assault. That's definitely assault. With the softest possible object, but it is assault, okay? So, I guess Heather wasn't technically lying, but Heather, you know we're not going up for you right now, no way. So, in my eyes... I am am go i i don't see it for neither one of y'all, okay? So y'all fight all y'all want to in this damn limo. We'll see how this ends next week. We'll see if we see Heather at all after this upcoming episode. Or if, you know, we... I don't know when next time we'll see Leah, because I think she's going to leave early and go be with her grandma. That's probably the right decision. I know if we had more cast members, you probably wouldn't have come on this trip anyway. You probably would have went to be with your grandma and then just, you know, let them figure it out. But... Oh boy, you know what? Let's take the move back up a little bit. Let's go on over to The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Hey, have you guys checked out The Dip? It's the site that allows you to read articles about some of your favorite shows written by experts and fans focused on depth, not on clicks. Their personalized subscription site allows you to follow high-quality coverage surrounding the shows that you love and the shows you love only. I just got done reading an article about WandaVision, you know, one of my favorite MCU projects, and it said the only logical follow-up is Howard the Duck. It's insane. I mean, I love it. Check out the link in my podcast episode description. Click around on some of those articles and sign up for the dip today. It's the morning after Sutton acted like Crystal kicked her with the strength of an extra point NFL kicker for the Dallas Cowboys. And Erica does a kind of welfare check-in on Crystal, which really kind of humanized Erica for just a second. For just a second for me. In that moment, don't get carried away now, okay? At least until the end of the episode, child. Then I remembered one of the reasons I always have the stank face when she's on my screen, okay? That's a that's a different story. Rena, after the girls decide what they're doing, you know, with their date, they're all gonna do separate stuff, decides to go check on sudden and sudden tells her basically like, there was a plot afoot that I was not aware of, and my paranoia kicked in. But most li- importantly, the most important thing about this scene, Sutton has a face roller, that she uses when she's about to cry. Girl, <laughs> listen, I have a jade roller that I keep in my freezer now, thanks to Taria from the What Else Is Going On podcast. Shout out, but I, Sudden, you, <laughs> now you got me. Every time I'm about to cry, I'm gonna go get that cold-ass uh, jade roller and I'm gonna rub it on my face too. I'm gonna see if it helps, silly ass. But we also find out that Sudden is Keeping a running list of all the names that she's being called. Irrational. Ridiculous. Crazy. Paranoid. Too sensitive. Sudden, look, I'm judging, but also, Sudden's ass is probably reunion ready, okay? If she keeping notes about the silly ass little names y'all calling, I know she keeping notes about the big stuff. Sudden probably gonna come to that reunion ready, Okay, and I'm not mad at you. But sudden the way you act in this season, I'm sure they going to be ready for your ass too, so and don't come too damn happy to the reunion. Garcelle and Crystal go for lattes in the city. Trademark, copyright. And Garcelle is asking Crystal, you know, how she's feeling. And Crystal tells her her feelings about Sudden as a whole. But see, this is the first time Garcelle is hearing about Sudden having like such a a visceral reaction about Crystal bringing up her race and wanting to share her personal experiences. She tells her that sudden started doing the, we are the world, I don't see color, that whole monologue. We're seeing two women of color, like who are actually amongst a group of white women, kicking back and talking honestly about their experiences and how, you know, just about interacting with the group as a whole, child polar opposite of what's happening in New York with Ebony is having to carry the entire burden on her damn shoulder, which uh, I guess, you know, Leah's black now, so (laughs) she white on the outside, but she Wesley Snipes on the inside. She created streetwear, okay? Boo-foo, buy us, fuck you. Okay, let me stop (laughs) before y'all try to cancel my ass. Let me stop. They all go on a boat ride and we see Erica and Garcia talking about Tom and Erica is speaking so highly of him and how he's a workhorse and, you know, she loves that about him and he's dedicated his life to this, you know, service and this and that and yada, yada, yada. Sure sounds like they're in a great place. Am I right, people? I mean, just immaculate. The ideal marriage we'll <laughs> will discuss that more towards the end of the episode okay mhm sudden grabs crystal crystal listen is my spirit animal, okay? <laughs> Crystal constantly saying, mm, okay. <laughs> was sending me to the moon, okay? Sudden was like, you know, I'm I'm very sensitive. I've I've been through a lot and I'm I'm this and I just you know, I'm so I'm fragile and, I, and Crystal just like Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and then finally Crystal lets sudden know that she is not a trustworthy person. Then Crystal calls her crazy. Ooh, Crystal. You can't be calling people crazy or manic. None of that. You can't do that now. So I see, you started you, you started to lose us for a little bit. You gave that little disclaimer about, you know, uh, you know, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a doctor, so I can't diagnose her. <laughs> see, there was the uh, like a cancellation barrier right there. It was like, you know, you Twitter hoes ain't about to allow on me and say I diagnosed her. I feel you, Sudden. Do what you got to do, okay? Not Sudden. Crystal. Y'all know what the hell I'm talking about. Once the conversation continues, Sudden talks about being shy and starts getting emotional. And the face roller comes out. Crystal is a better woman than I'll ever be. Not only was she born into a woman's body, (laughs) so that already gave her a leg up, she also didn't laugh when sudden broke out that face roller and was crying about moving into her new $5.5 million home. Girl, I would have hit her with another one of crystals, okay, (laughs) and moved the fuck on. They agreed to take baby steps and just to kind of move forward. Side note for Bravo, stop showing Teddy Mellencamp in these flashback scenes and giving us PTSD, okay? Nobody asks for this. Nobody. Nobody is asking for her upcoming appearance this season. Nobody. Nobody is asking for her allegedly starving her damn clients. The only thing we want is a Nexium style documentary on her ass and why she should go the way of Keith Rainier. Clink, clink. What Teresa said, don't drop the soap. Uh, listen, get the ooh, triggering. Okay, now that, that's triggering. Get, I don't want to see Teddy Mellencamp's face on my TV. None this season. Y'all finally have bounced back after a boring ass three or four years of this show. Do not let her bring that ghost of boring past onto this season and ruin things the way they are. Or if they do, just let Garcelle read her from top to bottom and send her on her merry little way. We do not need Teddy Camp on this show. They all come downstairs and sit around and chat before dinner. Kyle mentioned that the stitches in her nose were tickling her. And Garcel just like jumps and asks everybody, who's had a nose job? <laughs> you can tell this is something that the cast has agreed like not to talk about. You know Beverly Hills does that weird annoying ass thing where they just agree not to talk about way too much stuff for it to be a reality show. And they just leave a lot of shit unknown. I hate that. Which, ugh, it annoys all of us as fans. But this is also why garcelle is such a good damn addition to this show because she doesn't give a fuck about any of that not nuts erica said you know well i got my nose done when i was 41 and three jumped up and said i've never gotten my nose done girl <laughs> not only did kyle get her ass together in those confessionals But the Bravo editing team got her all the way together. Them people did a side-by-side of her old nose and her new nose. And, girl, there was an entirely different woman on the left side. Left side! Strong side. Left side! Strong side. Listen, (laughs) you can always count on a Remember the Titans reference on this podcast, a Nicki Minaj reference on this podcast and a dream girl's reference on this podcast. Now why? Who fucking knows? I'm in a, I'm, I'm an enigma wrapped in a riddle and scam. I don't know. I'm just, I, the random things I love, I love it all, which is why my damn Instagram is so goddamn confusing and weird and ridiculous too. But Hey, so is life we quickly find out that Crystal isn't coming down for dinner. She sent both Kyle and Garcelle text messages and she elaborates on why later. So we'll discuss that then. Rena then takes the baton after sudden like offers kind of a blanket apology to the group about any kind of comfort or discomfort she's caused them. And Rena starts, of course, talking about herself and talking about learning about herself. She said she doesn't always like the person that she is and she's finding out that the person that she's like looking at introspectively is not always a good person and garcelle was like girl you sure know what to say (laughs) listen y'all know lisa renner is my arch enemy and garcelle has been on her ass like back pockets we love to see it okay Lisa Renner said she's had a rough year because people have said that she's literally the worst friend ever duh. She then, okay, brace yourself because this this is a, a I was about to say a little much, a lot much. She then shares a story about Harry Hamlin having a drink with a friend who then went out later that night and raped the woman. And then a group of friends wanted to go support her or support him in jail. And Harry was like, nah, can't do it. Uh, Lisa Renner, are you equating two consenting women allegedly having sex and you doing your damnedest to out them all about that situation. Are you relating that to Harry having a rapist friend? Make it make sense to me. Cause I'm, 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 I've been like trying to draw this parallel for, I don't know how long now. So you really, really go have to help me. Cause I'm, I'm not sure I get it. Thank God for Garcelle being on this show. I need somebody with common fucking sense to point this ridiculous shit out. Sometimes Garcelle is like, girl, what? How the fuck is this related to Denise? Garcelle called Lisa to the carpet left and right because Lisa kept trying to use. I knew more about the situation as a way of to excuse the way she used Denise Richards as a storyline. Basically Rena. I know I say this every week on this podcast, (laughs) even when Beverly Hills isn't airing, but if you don't go to eternal hell and leave us the hell alone, Oh Lisa Serena. What what the fuck was the purpose of that story? Like are we supposed to you know what? Let me I'm not putting too much into that kind of stupidity. Let me move the hell on. Side note Erica, when they switched scenes, complimented Garcelle on how thin she looked. And Garcelle said, Oh, you know, like it's all smoke and mirrors. And Garcelle, I mean Erica said <laughs> Erica said, my whole life is smoking mirrors. I guess she was trying to make a joke, but child. Them editors cut to a confessional of her saying, you never really know anyone. You just don't really know them. Ooh, y'all are shady, shady boots. Or are y'all just foreshadowing? Either way, I live for it. Another side note, sudden and Renner putting together a synchronized swimming routine for the others. I'm actually kind of impressed. For them only practicing it for a little while, it gave what it needed to give. Now, what did it need to give? I don't fucking know. Did it need to be given in the first place? I don't think so. That's above my pay grade, Okay. I'm but a lowly podcaster trying to talk my way into a Marvel deal, okay? (laughs) Whether it be with Marvel Comics, Marvel Studios, MCU, I don't give a damn. I'm just trying to work my way up to the top, and I'm trying to get there by any means necessary. So let me stay out of these rich white women's business, okay? Crystal comes downstairs after all the damn action has subsided. They almost forgot that damn lady was up there. (laughs) That's like at a family barbecue. You know at the black family barbecue, there's always that one room where people put their sleepy babies down for a nap. Girl, you go outside and you get full of that liquor and you start it rolling and cabbage patching and Harlem shaking for so damn long that you almost leave that damn baby at the barbecue. You're like, oh, she, where's my child? child? Let me go get this damn baby. See, that's like Crystal. Girl, they almost forgot you was upstairs. <laughs> anyway, you know what? She details a moment that we didn't really know about. When sudden returned her coat sudden had i mean sorry crystal had just gotten out of the shower and was point blank naked not naked oh i'm so damn country point blank nude (laughs) and sudden walks in anyway and puts her coat down and says whatever you're doing in here and it made crystal feel icky which she is 100% entitled to feel when they discuss it the next day Crystal lays it all out there, and Sutton is apologizing for the incident, and, uh, you know, she's going back and forth, but she seems to be apologizing for it, until Crystal says that it was creepy, child, then sudden started getting defensive, and there was a little back and forth, but they ended the trip on a good note, they ended it okay, okay, y'all, we love to see it, I guess, or, you know. Oh, we'd love to see y'all constantly fighting. You know, whatever, your choice. I won't not marry your soul. You know, what? whatever y'all decide to do, I'm okay with. <laughs> and now, the end. Election day. Erica Girardi. Oh, child, I guess we should call her Erica Jane now. Hell, I don't, I don't know what your real name is. Sends a text to the group of ladies. I don't know if it was to the entire group or just the ones in a group she considers friends. But it said, Ladies, I truly consider you my close friends, and this is why I'm reaching out to you all to tell you that I filed for divorce this morning. Thank you for supporting me. This will be tough. Eek! Ooh! Not you filing for divorce after gushing over your husband all weekend. Bit listen... Kyle, Renner, and Dorit jumped on a a group FaceTime call like all good shady friends do and were like, bitch, (laughs) wet, bitch, wet. Erica, I'm ready to see you double talk for the rest of the season because I'm I'm not sure how many people believe the legitimacy of your divorce. I'm just saying. And that's on Kim and Kanye. Y'all, that's all I got. I don't have anything else for you, okay? Y'all, I'ma leave y'all just like uh Erica Girardi claims she leaving Tom ass. And I'll see y'all next time. See ya! As always, thanks for listening. Wanna support me for free? Just head on over to Apple Podcast or Stitcher pod chaser or cast box and leave me a five star rating and review need to contact me just email me Podcast at gmail.com also don't forget to follow me on instagram for hilarious memes and all kinds of updates regarding the podcast that's at housewives marvel podcast this is kendrick and i'll see you.